We are back again with an episode of the ADOS podcast. It is your extremely dedicated and always grateful host, Elijah Norris Holiday. Today I have with me Mr. Stevie Moman. Um, Stevie and I met when we were in college. He attended St. Mary's University. I was over at Winona State. But if you're familiar with Winona, um, it's a very small town, and most folks from St. Mary's like to come on down and, and, and mingle with us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's reached out to me over the past week. It's been an extremely difficult time for my family. My cousin is recovering right now. Um, he is awake um, after being shot multiple times. Uh, by the grace of God, he is still with us. So please keep my family in your prayers, and, and please keep us in your thoughts Um, I appreciate everyone that's reached out. Thank you so much for that. Um, Today, we're going to have a a pretty difficult conversation. So I just want to, you know, preface this with saying, you know, we're going to be talking about life insurance and it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. But I think it's a conversation that we need to have, especially in the times that we're living in, especially for my black people out there that have been victims of, you know, police brutality, uh, homicides in our community and all different types of violence. I mean, I think it's just it's a conversation that we need to have. I mean, some of the statistics are we lose about 35 million people a year to gun violence. Um, Estimated cost for the United States of America is $200 billion annually for gun violence. And out of that 35 million people that we lose every year to gun violence, half of them are suicides. The other half is homicides. And there's a small percentage of that uh, that's uh, death related by uh, death by cops or police. So, I mean, we have a, a problem with gun violence in this country. And especially in our community, and I think talking about life insurance is a conversation that we need to have. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to let Stevie, uh, Stevie introduce himself, what he does, how long he's been in the industry, and then we're going to get into some conversation about life insurance and why you should have it. Yeah, so I'm Stevie Moman, uh, like he said, life insurance specialist. Um, met, in, met in Winona, been, doing, been in the industry for almost three years now, um, you know, kind of came in. Didn't really know how I was going to fare in the industry. Then kind of got into it and just hit the ball rolling, man. I started learning things that college never taught me that, you know, my, my parents never taught me because they didn't know. Um, and I started just really deep diving into this industry and started learning things um, that, you know, us as a black community don't don't really know about. Or if we do know about it, kind of just brush it off because it's, I don't need that. What do I need that for? You know, things like that. Um, so... I mean, this topic is something I've become increasingly more passionate about Mm -hmm. um, just because I've seen the need for it. Um, Isn't it amazing that no one needs life insurance until they need it? At least that's what they think. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'm telling you, man, I I meet with a lot of people and they're always, oh, I don't need that. I I can wait. I'll wait. Well, waiting is your worst enemy. That's that's your worst enemy. Time is your worst enemy. Yeah. Even without without life insurance, time is your worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Why? Because time is taking your life away every single second of every single day. Yeah. So that means that at some point you are going to die. You are going to pass. Mm -hmm. How you leave your legacy and how you leave your name behind and how you leave your family, that's what you can do to beat time. You can beat all this by just putting something in place, having a plan. And it's not one of those things that it's a long, drawn-out process. It's not something that, you know, you need to think about every day, all day. It's a one-day thing. And once I'm done with it, I'm done. And I know that my family is good. Um, it's it's a very frustrating thing when I, you know, 
I meet with I meet with people from all walks of life. I mean, you know, broke people, poor people, white people, brown people, doesn't matter. All the way up to, you know, very rich people. And, you know, the big thing that I see in my career is that, you know, and a lot of agents and a lot of people, you know, attest to this is the educational gap between knowing about life insurance and not knowing about life insurance. And that's the huge thing that I see in that, you know, that's why I always try to, you know, do as much as I can to educate. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, insurance agents or life insurance specialists are in it just to make money. Well, I mean, every person in this world is in, in something to make money. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, there's money behind everything. I mean, you can't have a nonprofit without money. You know, you can't, you can't do anything. But the reason behind what you do is what you need to look at. Mm. Not the monetary value of what that person gets. If somebody's coming to you and trying to and try to pitch you something that you know, that they know you need, and they've given you all these reasons why, the monetary value behind that thought and idea should not matter. And a lot of you know a lot of African Americans. Um, I mean, I mean, as we know, a lot of things we've been susceptible to a lot of scams. Mm-hmm. I've gone to a lot of places. And we're skeptical and, of everything. I know mm-hmm. I am. Shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time you get a text message, everybody Dude, like, with give a you a suit call. and a tie come knocking mm-hmm. on my door talking about some life insurance. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, what is this? <laughs> like, you know. So, I mean, I've, I've gone to a couple of people even on, you know, on the east side of St. Paul where they're just like, well, you know, I had this one person coming over every month picking up money from me. Boom, boom, boom. They had the whole neighborhood. I'm like, did they give you a policy? Did they tell you what company they're from? No, then didn't, didn't really tell me nothing. I just thought, well, they came in, they you know look sound like they know what they're talking about. They scammed them. So a lot of people are susceptible to these to these scams. But when somebody has the credentials and the know how and the know and the knowledge behind these these issues, those are the people you need to start you need to take seriously. Because you also got to. Th- I, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, what's what's more important, you know spending money on McDonald's and coffee and things that you don't need or spending stuff send money spending money on stuff that you do need. That's a huge thing. And a lot of people don't really see the real need for it. What is the biggest misconception uh in your opinion around mm-hmm. life insurance? The biggest misconception mm-hmm. is that I mean the one of the big things is that, you know, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. What do I need it for? My kids would pay for it. My my, I get it a lot. My village, you know, I'm not even just using that as a, you know, as an African term, but you know, a lot of African Americans, even you know, white people, all all types of people will say my village because it's the easiest term to use for my my crowd of people. Mm-hmm. And they'll say they'll take my care network, of my, my ne- community, yeah, yeah, my network, my community, my village, all the same, you know, all the same sentiment. And I see that a lot, and I always, I'm always like that. That right there bothers me. It bothers me because why do you want somebody else to take care of your life upon your passing. Why is that their responsibility? You pay your bills, that you pay your car insurance, you pay your phone bill, you pay your mortgage, you pay your warranty, you, you people got Spotify uh, <laughs> premium, they right. got Hulu Amazon premium, Prime, Amazon Prime, <laughs> they got this, they got that, they got subscriptions that they don't even use. I'm guilty. I have life insurance too, by the yeah. way. But I'm guilty of having subscriptions I, I got, don't use. I got subscriptions. Every time I every time I'm swiping on the app, I'm like, oh, that looks cool. 
See what that's about. Yep. For, forget to cancel at the fourteen yep. day yep. Uh, exactly. trial run. <laughs> exactly. You got all these showtime, all these other play, all this stuff that mm-hmm. you're paying for that you don't use. So what's the difference between getting life insurance that costs twenty to thirty bucks a month, something that fits within your budget to make sure that your family is safe? You just said something very important. I want to break that down for the people who are watching this. You said people will pay for car insurance, right? They'll mm-hmm. pay their mortgage on time. They'll pay their phone bill. They pay all these different bills, right? Because yep. they see that as a necessity. Mm-hmm. I need these things. I'm going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to that car insurance part. Yep. People pay car insurance because they're anticipating that they might get into mm-hmm. an accident yep. or someone might hit them, right? Mm-hmm. No matter who's at fault, they're anticipating something may happen to their car. So I'm going to take out an insurance policy on my car to protect my vehicle. Mm-hmm. But you won't take out an insurance policy to protect you or your child exactly. in a case of emergency when something happens that you don't foresee. And I mm-hmm. like to use my I like to bring my own personal um, mm-hmm. issues and perspectives into things when yep. I talk about it. Right. Yep. It just it, it brings in like, OK, these are real. Right. right. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. When my mother passed away a few years ago, um, I moved down to Arizona. I was taking care of her, going to doctors and stuff. And then so I don't know what made me think about it because mm-hmm. I assumed that she just had life insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, my, mom's, my mom has been sick since she was born. She mm-hmm. was born with the sickle cell anemia disease, mm-hmm. so she was sick her entire life. And at multiple stages, she was told that she wasn't going to live, that she wasn't going to have kids, yada, 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 whatever. Um, so I just assumed she would have life insurance. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't think to me to ever ask my mom, hey, do you got life insurance? And one day I'm in Arizona. And we're just chilling, hanging out or whatever. We just got back from a doctor's visit. I think I was taking her to get some ice cream or something. Mm-hmm. The doctor's like, you got to watch your diet and blah, blah. I'm like, well, we can get you some ice cream, mom. Like, you've been doing well. And take her to get some ice cream. And then the conversation, I don't know, it just th- popped in my head. I'm like, hey, you have life insurance? Mm-hmm. And she kind of looked at me. And she was like, well, I did have life insurance. Um, but I think she said she had to take some of the money out. And this is before I was educated about mm-hmm. life insurance, yeah. right? She said she had to take some of the money out against her or borrow against her policy. Yep. Maybe we could talk yep. about that in a little bit. But she said she she had some bills she had to pay. So she's had life insurance for a long time, mm-hmm. she said. But she said she had to borrow against her policy and use that money. And she never put it back into her policy. So mm-hmm. her policy collapsed yeah. or whatever. And so she said she never enrolled back in life insurance again. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to get you some life insurance because they're telling you that you only have one year to like to live. Mm-hmm. So I go to, I literally the next day, because she didn't want to go with me. The next day, I'm like, I'm going to go get you life insurance. And, and I was just looking online, and I'm like, well, I can take out a policy for my mom. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to go talk to the life insurance agent. And he's like, well, I need the list of all the medications she's on, all the doctor visits and all this stuff and the pre-existing conditions. And I quickly realized the policy was just going to be too expensive for me monthly. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't afford that right now. Like, I didn't have a job. I was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I literally just had all my savings that I was just spending when I was down there. So I'm like, I can't afford this right now. And uh, he started talking to me about a burial uh, policy mm-hmm. where it's like, it's different than life insurance. This is just, when she dies, we can help bury her. Mm-hmm. It's a burial policy. Yep. I think it was for like 15000 or yep, something yep, like that yep. or whatever. So we, we ended up, you know, talking back and forth with that. Ultimately, my mom said she didn't want to, you know, go through with it. So I'm like, okay, fine. That's your wishes. She wanted to be cremated. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, fine, whatever. So, um, but I say all that to say, you know, if you don't do the research, if you don't have these conversations, difficult, and that was a difficult conversation mm-hmm. to have yeah. with someone. If you don't have those difficult conversations, A, you don't know if the person has a policy or not, and then B, you don't even know, like, how to support them in mm-hmm. that situation, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, sense, in that instance, it was me coming to my mother trying to get her another life insurance mm-hmm. policy. 
So, I mean, maybe we could talk about the specifics around that, borrowing against your life mm-hmm. insurance policy, burial policies, mm-hmm. how it differs from just a standard life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits of just having a burial policy? Yeah. I mean, just get into the, the weeds mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, so, you know, speaking to what you were saying about, you know, having that tough conversation, if you don't have those tough conversations, you're not going to get the tough answers. You know, these are the answers that you need to know. You need to know if your parents have life insurance. You need to know if you have life insurance because, I mean, I'm going to be real. Like, there is about $20 billion in unclaimed life insurance in in the U.S. Because Say that number again for us. $20 billion. Mm. It's a large number. I could be I could be off, but it's trust me, it's in the billions. Estimate, don't hold him yeah, to that. Yeah. Estimate twenty billion. Don't and, hold him to it. And the reason why is because people aren't having these conversations. People are not having these conversations, and if you're not having these conversations, these insurance companies are right. No one's gonna come knock on your gonna, door and say, not, "Hey, I got a five hundred thousand dollar check for yeah, you." Like nobody's gonna do that. You know, they're they're <laughs> anticipating that you spoke about this. You know, the agent talk to the kids, things like that. So if you if you're not having these tough conversations, you won't know. You don't know what you're entitled to. Your parents paid into this money all their lives, but you're not getting none out because you never know. Mm-hmm. And parents don't tell their kids, "Hey, I got this." You know, life insurance policy. You know, I got this. I got that. Because it's 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 like you know, a lot of parents don't want to tell their kids all their business. Why is it so uncomfortable to talk about that though? A lot of people feel that. Well, I put a I put a a value on my life. Mm. And it's not you're putting a value on your life. You're putting a value on what it costs to put you to rest. That's what you're putting a value on. If somebody says, I got a $50,000 life insurance policy, that doesn't mean your life is worth $50,000. That means that you have enough money to bury you and whatever is left, you leave it to your, to your family. That's what a lot of people think that, and that's why a lot of people don't want to talk about it. You know, you're you're praying on my downfall. You're mm. you're playing that I die. You're mm. paying money for me to die. It's I'm not paying money for you to die. You are going to die. Mm-hmm. Every second of every day, you are dying a little bit more. Yeah. And if you know that, why are you not covering that? Mm. My dad always told me that there's only three things I have to do in this life: stay black, die, and pay taxes. Yes. And not necessarily in that order. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my thing is like. People, people have car insurance. People only use their car insurance about 5.3% of the time. 5.3. But people are paying, I pay $120 a month for my, my who, full. Who, who, my, who, who you got insurance to? I pay about 180 bucks. I need to get yeah, a deal. Yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I pay about 100, 120 bucks a month for my car insurance. I will probably, I've never had a ticket. I've never been in a car accident. I've never used it. But why do I have it? Yeah, you're supposed to have it. Yeah, okay, I'm supposed to have it. But I'm still paying an excessive amount for something I'm going to use 5% of the time. I'm covering myself for that 5%. Because you know what's going to happen? If I don't have it, I get pulled over, what happens? I get a bill. I get a ticket. Yep, that's probably more than the car insurance. Exactly. Or you get into an accident, the fix to fix the car is going to be more than the car insurance. Exactly. But you know for a fact, 100% of the time, you're good, your family's going to use this life insurance policy, 100%. Right. So you're covering that 5%, but you're not going to cover that 100 doesn't make any sense, especially if you live in, you know, in the hood and the low-income areas where murder, death, 
you know, kind of wild things happen more more than other places. If you, if you buried somebody every year, every other year, and it's just GoFundMe page after another, GoFundMe page after another, you know, mom, dad, uncle, grandma, pulling out fifteen hundred, two two grand, three grand out of their out of their savings, out of their pocket, pulling it out of air. I don't know how they got it to pay for this funeral. What what hurts more than leaving this world? And before you leave this world, before you go into the ground, you gotta take some from your family. Mm. One last time. Mm. One last time I gotta pull from my family. Mm. I'm already dead, but you still paying for me. Instead of I'm leaving this earth. Let me give back to you. I'm, it doesn't matter if you were a murderer, if you're this, if you're that. It doesn't matter. Well, I was on this earth. I left you behind. I want to leave you with something. Mm-hmm. Here's my burials paid for. You don't got to worry about it. Because the worst part about it is you have to grieve for that person's loss. And you got to come out of your pocket for money that you don't have. Suffer financially. That's, a, that's double stress. Mm-hmm. That's double stress that's unneeded. Mm-hmm. Unneeded. For the for the cost of a of a buffalo wild wings meal, mm. a cost don't, of a don't buff- break it down like that, Stevie. Wow, a buffalo wild wings meal, mm. Me- medium <laughs> medium wings, a drink, and an appetizer. Boom, right there. That's your life insurance policy, right there. For the month, you good for the month go. for the month. You're good. People go to the bar and they spend four or five hundred dollars. You know, to get drunk. On a weekend. On a weekend. On a weekend. Just one weekend. Don't don't forget, there's four weekends in a month. Mm-hmm. You're doing that every other weekend. You're telling me that you're not going to be just as drunk if you spent $480 a month or $450 a month instead of $500? That's your life insurance right there. Getting a policy doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your lifestyle at all. People don't. You don't have to sacrifice nothing about your lifestyle at all, but you know that you're covered. I told all my friends, I was like, you know that I do this for a living. You know how passionate I am about it. I, I'm i not a fan of GoFundMes. If you know that I do this and you know you can get it cheap, you know you can protect your family, don't send, don't send me a GoFundMe link. I, f- I take that as a slap in the face. Mm. And I get your grieving at that, at that point in time. But So I'm not going to be like, I told you so. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, I told you so, but... I had this conversation yeah, with you I, I, a year I, I ago. Had this, <laughs> I had this tough conversation with you. I had this tough conversation with you. And yes, if you are to the point where you are barely scraping by, barely scraping by, okay, I understand that. But I pay for my mom's, my brother's, my sister's, mine, my grandmother's. So you have policies on everybody I in got your family. I got policies on everybody. Because I know at some point they're going to pass. Whether it's not in my lifetime or it is in my lifetime. Right. I know for a fact whether that whether it's naturally or you yes, know naturally whatever. outside forces. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because man, we living in the crazy society mm-hmm. right now where people are here one day and they're gone the next. Mm-hmm. This I I use this analogy a lot when I'm, t- I'm talking to people in the same homes. If I came to you right now and I said, Elijah, buy this car for me. You want a car? You you go to the lot and you get a new car. Are you going to pay $40,000 right up front? Or are you no. going to take the monthly payments? I'll take the monthly payment. <laughs> so why would you pay fifteen dollars to $30,000 up front for a burial when you could just make the monthly payments? Mm. I know for a fact that I'm not going to want to pay 
fifteen to twenty thousand dollars all at one time for my mom or grandmother's funeral. But I know I can spend the, the forty dollars a month to, to pay for it. I spend forty dollars randomly on a Thursday night. I'm getting drinks with a friend. I'd spend fifty, sixty bucks. Or I go to a nice restaurant with, you know, me and my girlfriend. Like, you know, go to Manny's Steakhouse, you spend two fifty, you're doing this and that. You can you can fit this in your budget. Because I promise you, you will pay a bill a lot easier than you would to have somebody ask you for a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 talk about the the, the investment piece of this because mm-hmm. there is an investment mm-hmm. component to this. So mm-hmm. when I had that conversation with my mother, she mentioned that she did have life insurance, mm-hmm. but she had to borrow against her policy. Yep. And at that time, you know, I was ignorant to that. I mm-hmm. didn't know what she meant. And then I later went off to do my research, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, mm-hmm. you can invest in this. You can whatever your policy is valued at, you mm-hmm. can take that out and borrow against it and put the money back, and you're good to go. So yep. I mean, explain that a little bit yeah. more to our audience. Life insurance is a rich man's IRA, Roth IRA. And the reason why I say that is because Roth IRAs and those investments, once you get to making over 130000 you can't put money into them anymore. But life insurance does not have those stipulations. So there's a lot of wealthy people that will throw money into these because they grow. They grow it. They, they incur interest. So at a, you will never pay more into a life insurance than what you'll get out of it. Mm. You, you can, you'll pay, policy will grow. Especially at a, at a young age. You can, you can buy a, a $50,000 policy by the time you're 70, then it can be worth about $100. it will grow with you. And all that money you got in that policy, you could pull out when you need it. So like your mom said, she borrowed against her policy. That's her money. She can take that whenever she wants. Whenever she wants, they, they don't got to claim it on anything. She already, mm. she already, it was already taxed, so now it's tax-free. It's just growing for you. So that's another way that people can use you know, life insurance and not think about it as life insurance. If you want to get it and say, well, I don't want life insurance because you're hoping that I die. Well, okay, well, if you have a 401K, you're contributing to it, and then what happens when you die? Your family gets it. What does that sound like? Life insurance. Life insurance. <laughs> if you have any type of investment, yeah, and you pay into it and you're making money off of it, and you die, what happens? Your family gets it. What does that sound like? Life insurance. Assets. Assets. Life insurance. That's all yeah. it is. It's just this just has that that nasty name to it that people don't like to hear. But if I came into your house and I explained this and I called it something fancy, I called it a Roth IRA or whatever, whatever. You'd be like, oh. I want I got a Roth IRA. I'm good. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in. No one wants state. to walk around toting that they got yeah. life insurance. Yeah, nobody wants to. Walk. It's it's one of those things. You wanna you wanna keep up with the Joneses, things mm-hmm. like that. But people don't know that the Joneses have that. <laughs> like the Joneses got a nice life insurance it. policy. Yes, the Joneses they just don't got talk that. about it. Exactly, they just don't talk about it. Because you're not gonna talk about your life. You'll talk about your Roth. You talk about your 401k. You'll talk about this. You'll talk about that. But you're not gonna say walk around and say I got life insurance. No. So how do we make that? How do we make life insurance cool? That's I, I, you know, and I'm talking to my people, right? I mean, this is the ADOS podcast, mm-hmm. um, and everything that we do on the ADOS podcast is pretty much tailored to our audience, which is mm-hmm. ADOS folks, ADOS mm-hmm. people. Although we love everybody, uh, but I'm talking with my people when mm-hmm. I'm when I'm having these podcasts, yeah. right? 
And an issue that I noticed in our community, and maybe you can talk to, uh, mm-hmm. talk about the three years worth of experience that you have and the populations of people that you've enrolled in life insurance mm-hmm. and what those demographics have been. And maybe you know we agree on this, mm-hmm. but in my in my perspective, there's a lot of people in our community, especially in the high urban communities, where there's a lot of black people that don't have life insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of especially if they you know are living in poverty. Mm-hmm. They just don't have it because mm-hmm. honestly, it's just a conversation that they don't have within the family. Mm-hmm. So, how can we make life insurance cool, man? How can we make li- having a life insurance policy something that's worth talking about in the family? I mean. At the dinner table, we're talking about you got your you made your life insurance policy payment. Okay, cool. You made your life insurance policy payment. Okay, cool. I mean, you and then s- let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just gotta. I think people gotta do their research on how life insurance has helped families. I I went to Texas for a week, mm-hmm. and you know everybody knows Texas has a lot of you know racism, still a lot of plantation homes and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm black. Uh, trust me, I that racist stuff don't, that don't that don't I don't mess with that. But the thing that you can I'm not gonna say admire, but you can take away from something like that is the fact that those families know that they want to keep their power as much as they can within their own people, and they kept that generational wealth going by any means necessary. So that means that you gotta you gotta look be like. You know, have you heard of the Rockefellers? You know, all these rich families, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, they they built their they built their wealth, but you got to think my bloodline down the line is gonna be straight. They're gonna be good. I'm gonna leave them with something, little something, even if it's as much as I can, fifty thousand. Okay, well if I left them with fifty thousand, that means that you know you got to look and sit at the dinner table and imagine. You got to use your imagination of what that person is in a crossing you is gonna use that money for. When I, you know, when I when I get a little bit, you know, older, I have a big life insurance policy on myself, but I'm hoping to take out a very large one, very large one, so I can sit across the table with my kids, be like, each of you gonna get about two million, gonna get about five hundred thousand, whatever it is, and I'm sitting there imagining as a parent, all the great things you're gonna do with that money, all the great things. after my death, after my death, I know that which you're we know be is good. inevitable, inevitable. <laughs> I know that when I'm when I'm gone and I'm up there. I'm looking down like, mm-hmm, I left my kids good. A lot of people, a lot of African-Americans I come across, I get this statement a lot. I don't want to leave my kids rich. I get that a lot. Why? I get that a lot. Why, why would they say that? I don't know. I get that a lot. Well, I do know. It's because they say I want my kids to work for it. I had to work for it, so they had to. It's one of those things where, you know, a lot of you know people in our community feel that, and even in your own home, this is this is something that people might be a little bit offended on. This is the Eight House Podcast. We t- we tell the truth here. People don't want people to get ahead in life, even if it's their own kids. Mm. I had a lot of kids. People say, "I don't want to leave my kids rich." Why not? Because I had to work for it, so so, so should they. So that means that you don't want to put your kids in the best spot possible to win. You say that people just they just shut up. Because they're like, well, I do, but I don't want to leave them rich. Why not? We, we've we been oppressed for 400 years. We've been behind the eight ball. But this right here, this money that you're putting to side for your kids, you could put them far ahead of the eight ball. Why would you not do that? You can afford it. It could change the trajectory of your generation. Mm-hmm. Your, your family generation. Yes. 
it can change the, everybody. It could change the trajectory of that with a simple life insurance mm-hmm. policy. Simple. And there's a lot. There's a lot of people that can afford it. They can afford this amount of money a month to to leave this money behind. How long does the process take, Stephen? It takes 25 minutes for me to do an wait application. A minute, wait a minute. You're telling me with with 30 bucks and 25 minutes, I can sign up for. I can enroll in a 50,000 life insurance policy. And as long as I make my payments on time, mm-hmm. whenever, forever many years, and then I die, that money, no yes. questions asked, goes yep. to my family. Yep. If you're, if you're a young adult, and it all depends on age. But we'll start because a lot of people my age, you know, is what we're, we're talking to. We're talking yep. to all types of people. Yep. I mean, my mom's is, you know, she's in her 40s. Hers is like 40 some dollars a month or whatever. You know, something, whatever it mm-hmm. is. You know, Which I'm is just, still reasonable. Yeah, still reasonable. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, with 30 bucks or whatever it is that's in your budget and 25 to 30 minutes of your time, you don't ever got to worry about it. Because then, then after that, the person that wrote it for you, the agent or me, I take care of everything. My clients don't got to do anything. They sit down with me, I explain it to them. We get all the information, we're done. You don't got to worry about it again. Somebody comes up to you, asks if you have it, you could say it proudly that I have it. Because a lot of people, a lot of people are not humble to the fact that I don't have my family straight. I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends that I bring this up to, and they think that I'm just trying to make money off of them. I'm like, do you not see what's been happening? Do you not see what's been happening across the world? We've been getting slaughtered. Slaughtered. Now think about it. If every single African American, minority, or whatever had a life insurance policy, every single one. Mm. How many people in this, in in America die? Thirty five million a year. Thirty five million a year. And then we gotta cut that in half though because it's, you know half of it's suicide. Mm-hmm. And they all got that's life still insurance? a significant amount of Americans that are dying every year from gun mm-hmm. violence alone. And that's I, just gun violence. Mm-hmm. And even just think about the black community. If you have oh, the the number one leading cause of death in the black community is cardiovascular disease. Right there. You, you, you got a life insurance policy right there. Every person. So now we're moving the eight ball a little bit any way we can. If we can't move the eight ball in our lifetime, that means that you have to at least try to move it for the lifetimes to come. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people think they think selfishly on, if it's not going to happen in my lifetime, well, I'm, I'm done. I don't care. Well, it's somebody else got to figure it out. Well, you can figure it out for the next lifetime. Get a life insurance policy. Do you think a lot of people in our community are selfish? Yes, I do. I think we are selfish because we don't want to see other people like us win. And I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. but they don't. We don't want to see other people win that look like us. And it's evident. I mean, it's evident all over the place. I mean, we have black communities. It's disheartening is what it is. It's have, sad. Yeah, I agree with you. We have black communities, but in those black communities, how many black-owned businesses are there? I always say there is no black community. There is no such thing. And I might get some, some pushback on this. That's fine. You know, this is ADOS podcast. I tell the truth whether you like it or not. Um, there is no black community. Mm-hmm. There's black people that live in an area. Mm-hmm. 
Now, there can be a black community. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that there will be a black community. Yeah. I'm going to do my part to create a black community. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why I bring people like you onto the yeah. show to talk and why I'm doing all this work in the community, mm-hmm. that I do believe that we can build a black community. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, there's just black people living yeah. in an area. I, I, I mean, I, I look at the, the Asian and Hmong you know, community, how they work in a giant circle with each other. Mm. A giant circle with each they other. They pass a dollar around 10, yeah. 20, 30, 50 until, times. Until it, until it gets up to here. And then they just keep on going. And I'm like, why can't we do that? We pass a dollar around one time in our community. We had one bad experience in a black-owned business. Mm-hmm. We're never going back again. Mm-hmm. That's We passed that dollar around yeah. one time. And we just we don't want to support each other. There's so many. It doesn't matter if you're a, 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 a Drake or a LeBron or whatever, whoever. We're not going to support each other because we think that we're always trying to just pull the wool over somebody's eye and not here to help. Mm-hmm. Not here to help. I guarantee you, you know, Master Master P just put out, you know, his own pancake syrup oatmeal line. I hope it does well. I hope it does. But from what I've seen in the African-American community, we go in fads. We're like, oh, Master P got this. I'm going to buy it one time. That's it. That's passing that dollar around one time. one time. That's it. And then, you know, are they going to buy it again? No. Nope. I don't know. I hope so. I really do. I'm, I love pancakes. I'm going to start buying his stuff to support. But people also got to take this thing out of their minds. They're like, oh, I'm giving this man my money support. I don't even like this. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to see that brother win or that sister win. Or, you think it, it should be you. Yeah, because you think, you think it should be me. Oh, I should have done that. I had this idea before they did, but they just manifested it first. That that's I, I think as a black community we're selfish, and I know and I had that, and I I see that because when I bring this up, life insurance to people because this is what I do. This is mm-hmm. I love this stuff, and because I know it can help, and I get people that that look at me weird like you're just trying to make money. No, you go to the bar, and spend all your money on this, and then you go on social media. Oh, I'm never drinking again, or. You go to a restaurant and buy some food that you absolutely hate, but then you mm. back at that same restaurant. Everyone, back to your point. Everyone is trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Duh. Obviously, yes. this is America. Right. I don't go to Caribou and and explain uh, complain to my barista. You're just trying to make money off of me. Give me my coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you only you only get that when it's an African American because mm-hmm. they look like you. Mm. They look like you. They should be. So it's our own mentality that's preventing us from growing. I think yes. we give white people white and white supremacy way too much credit. Um, white white supremacy does exist and it's very prevalent, especially here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. especially in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But I think we're at the point right now in our day and age where we give white supremacy way too much credit over the conditions in our community. Mm-hmm. I was just in Chicago this past weekend, um, and I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I took a, a hour. I think we drove around for about an hour in my old neighborhood, Southside Inglewood, right? So I actually went to the the house that my grandmother, you know, used to live in before she passed away. I went to some of the elementary schools that I went to as as a young boy, and that community is still the same. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's worse. I mean, needles on the streets, alcohol bottles everywhere, mm-hmm. people on on the roads. Mm-hmm. And I cried. I broke down in my car, man. Like, I care about my community so much. And I realized, like, we are our own biggest enemy. Mm -hmm. 
we give way too many other groups so much power over us. Mm-hmm. When we have the power, literally, we have the power to change our trajectory as a group of people. Mm-hmm. As a we group can. of people, we can. I mean, we are the largest consumers in the world. And we don't buy life insurance. And we don't buy That's life the insurance. That's one thing we don't buy. Let's we always buy everything. make this relevant back to the, the topic at hand. Because I go everything. on, t- y'all know I go on tangents. Thank y'all for always watching the, the, the podcast and sharing it and supporting you. I know I go off on tangents. We are the largest consumers in the world. And we don't buy, and we one, don't buy life insurance. We don't buy the one thing that we should have. What is going on, Stevie? People <laughs> don't think they need it because they I have I had one friend that said as I brought it up to him because, you know, he just had a couple friends pass, you know, recipes to them. And I said, Hey, you know, I I see that you had a couple friends pass, you know, my condolences. But this is this is a topic that why this is front of mind, you need to think about. Brush it off. I, I, whatever. That's not. But if you out here doing wild stuff, you can tell me you're not. You're not gonna need it. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're gonna die, but. And I tried to address gun violence in the community. Mm-hmm. I'm always out here talking to. I got friends who are still out here in these streets. I think people sometimes see me in my suit and tie, mm-hmm. and they forget where I came from, mm-hmm. right? And I have to constantly remind them that just because you see me in a suit and tie don't mean where I forgot where I right. came from. It just means or I transition. I'm better than you. Right. I just transition into who I'm supposed to be, who mm-hmm. God wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I still don't love my friends. So right. I talk to my friends about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I still got friends who are in the streets to mm-hmm. this day that I consider close to me. Um, I keep them at a distance because I'm, st- I'm still trying to grow and do what I have to do. But I'm right. willing to bring them up with me when they're ready, mm-hmm. when they are ready. Because mm-hmm. not everybody's ready to transition. Right, God has a plan for everybody, and it don't involve running around shooting and terrorizing people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um, so I, I hope that they wake up to this. But the reality is, like you just said, when you're out there living by the gun, you have to expect that you could potentially die by the gun. Mm-hmm. At least have life insurance in place. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. changing. I'm not trying to change people's lifestyles no more. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just really trying to shape uh, their their minds, give them information. Mm-hmm. And hope that they realize that they can do better, right? I'm not yep. trying to change nobody's mind. I want to shift their paradigms. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, if y'all going to still be in the streets and do what y'all got to do, I get it. You thugging. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Keep thugging. Do your thing. But get some life insurance. Yes. My thing, too, is about <laughs> it is, you know, and, and I, it's just, this is just a fact. A lot of people that are on low income or, you know, things like that, they owe back taxes. They mm. owe child support. They mm. owe student loans. Things like that. And when you pass, who getting their money first? That deck getting shifted. Unc- <laughs> Uncle Sam is getting his money first. Yeah. Probate is getting their money yeah. first. If you didn't pay your cable bill, you didn't pay your credit cards off, you didn't pay this, you didn't pay that, they getting all that money before anybody in your family get to touch it. Mm-hmm. So that means that right here in this middle, you you better hope that. Hope mama didn't have back to hope mama this, or hope dad that, hope granny this, hope this, that. But if you just got a life insurance policy, that tax-free, you don't got to pay no taxes on it, no matter how large it is, you have a, a $2 million, $200 million life insurance policy, you don't got to pay no taxes on it. Put that right in your bank account if you want to. But this money right here goes through probate first. Then Uncle Sam got to touch it, and then you get it. So you don't know what's gonna be left. You say, "Oh, I got a hundred. I got a hundred thousand. You know, I got two hundred thousand in the bank." Okay, well, you're only forty. I'm good. I don't need life insurance. And you I got, got money. You got a long time to go. Mm-hmm. You do not know what's gonna happen. There's been millionaires that gone broke. 
and gone under, gone negative. But if they they had life insurance and they passed, and they know that I don't care. I don't care that you know you y'all can try to pick up his crumbs, but he had a two million dollar life insurance policy that my kids are gonna have that I'm I'm directly entitled to. Mm-hmm. Y'all can Tax fight free. over what was in the bank accounts. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm gonna take this life insurance policy. Tax free, <laughs> probate avoidable. Mm. Tax free account. Nobody want to pay taxes on nothing, but I'm about to. I'm trying to give you money. I'm trying to help you have your family. Get that tax-free money. People got tax evasion, got all this and that. Just get a life insurance policy. If you want a bunch of money for your kids, have a life insurance policy. People spend their whole life trying to figure out how to give their kids a better life. Well, you do know they're going to have a life after you pass. So that whole time you spent trying to get them a better life, and then when you're gone, that effort is still there, but that life insurance is that that extra push that's gonna get them there. And also, see, I also have a lot of you know clients that say they don't want to leave their kids rich because they're not gonna do right by that money. You don't know that. You have you don't know that. You know how many people change their ways when their mama die, change their ways when their dad die, change their way when their auntie die or that close cousin of theirs change their mindset. That's a traumatic event. You don't know that. You don't know what's gonna happen. Very life altering. They could they could find God. They could meet that one person on the street that changes their mind. You don't know what they're gonna do. You could have a, you could have the most gangster person out there change his mind when something traumatic like that happened. That he coming to some money. I'm gonna do something different. I follow a lot of black wealth and black excellence uh, uh, accounts on Instagram. So a lot of people say I was in jail and I figured out the stock market. I was in. Oh, this happened. I figured this out. I was a convicted murderer, and this happened. If they if they can change their mind about what happened from a traumatic event of being in jail, being on death row, being on this, you, you can't you can't you can't have whatever mindset you think about your child right now. Have that be the only thing you think about when considering yourself getting a life insurance policy. Mm. We're about to wrap up here soon. It's it's been a great conversation, yeah. Stevie. I hope people are listening. I hope so I, I too, hope man. People are actually, I hope so too. You know, digesting this information and that they start, you know, considering getting a life insurance policy, whether that be through you or whoever. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not just marketing for, right. for Stevie. Yeah, right? I always he, tell people, he just you don't gotta it. buy through me. <laughs> right? If, if you if you want to buy from me because you think that I'm making money off of it, or you think that you know I'm just trying to make a dime, I know a lot of insurance agents that will be happy to come out to help you out. Even if, even if it's not through me, find a local, find a find an agent, somebody near you that can help you out. I, my my doors are always open. I represent a, a lot, a, over 150 different companies, mm. so I can get you the best deal. But if it's not something that you feel comfortable with doing with me, if I come up to you and ask you, you got it, and you say you have it, I'm I'm be I'm be very ecstatic. I feel great when I see people of color, and even and even people, all people. Have it because they need it's, it. It's okay. It's okay to say that you want your people to have. Yeah. Oh no, I do. It's, it's, but it's also, okay. but also, also feel good when and everybody has it because mm-hmm. if you know that you need it and you have it, good, you got it. But you know, but it breaks my heart when you know that you need it and you don't have it and you don't get it and you make an excuse and you you make the the excuse of I can't pay for it. You sure? Mm-hmm. You sure you can't pay for you it? You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Anyone who's watching this. 
20 to $40 a month, depending on your, your financial situation and pre-existing conditions, your age. So I think those are the only few things that they take in consideration when they're trying to develop your policy. For 20 to $40 a month, and 25 to 30 minutes of your time, depending if y'all got all y'all documentation and stuff prepared, because I know a lot of y'all files just be all over the place. <laughs> but <laughs> for 25 to 30 minutes, you can leave your family behind something upon your passing, which we know is inevitable. I hope that you guys are listening to this and that you guys decide that you're going to look into life insurance. Especially if you have kids. Especially if you have children. Especially if you know your children are out in the streets doing whatever. Please get a life insurance policy on them. Okay? Stevie, is there any takeaways that you want? Give you a minute or so. Any takeaways, any things that you want the audience to know that we didn't touch about? Um, no, I think, we touched, on. I think we touched on everything. The okay. biggest thing that I really just want people to know is that this is something that everybody can get. This is not something for the rich and elite because people don't know. A lot of people, a lot of you know, white people get their wealth through life insurance. This is the only thing in the world that you can buy wealth with. You are buying wealth. You are giving this company this amount of much of money, and they're going to give your family this when you pass. You can't get that anywhere else. The most elite families, when their child's a baby, buy an enormous, enormous life insurance policy because they know they're going to die. So they know that the next generation is going to be great. They're going to have money. They're going to be great. Why can't we start doing that? If two generations ago, they all had decent life insurance policies, that stuff starts to roll. Mm. Even if we can't change stuff immediately, this is some way to get the ball rolling. Because if you got everybody in your community in a circle, you got all the elders in a circle, you got all the, the middle age, the high schoolers, and all the kids. Now think about how that all can go down. You all got a two hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. Mm. Now that goes to the moms and the dads. Okay, now they have money and then they already have they also have a two hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. They take that money to do whatever they need to. The ones the next ring, they got money. They got money. They got money. And it just keeps going because... And now, that's how you create generational wealth that, right exactly. there. Exactly. That's that's the generational wealth ring. That's what you, that's what you got to think about. Say, yes, I'm starting it. People mm-hmm. always want to start something and leave, you know, build this big business so their family never got to work. Start a life insurance policy. Start a policy. life insurance policy. You, you got that right there. You Man. may not reap the benefits of it, but your kids will. All I will. What's what's the difference? There's no difference. Thank you so much, Steve, for yeah. your time. Um, I was going to do some updates, but I'll come back on in a couple of days. I'll give you guys some updates, what's been happening in the Twin Cities over the last few days. We did have a few shootings yesterday, and I think the, the, the day before that as well, over on the east side and then on the north end area. So I want to touch on that a little bit. We have a few different candidates that are still pushing and running for uh, some seats, some key seats right here in the Twin Cities area. We'll touch all on that in a few days or so. We really want to just get out here and talk to you all about life insurance policy, the importance of having it, and that this is something that you can afford. This is something that you can do easily. Like I said, 20 to $40 a month, 25 to 30 minutes of your time, and you can really start creating generational wealth. Okay? I love you guys. As always, I'm your grateful, dedicated host, Elijah Norris Holiday. Peace and blessings, everybody.